thing in the back. And it's Sunday here at Friendswood Baptist Church. Listen, uh, this morning we have thought about His amazing grace. His goodness towards us. And, and why was He gracious towards us? Because He loves us so much. He loves us. It was motivated out of love. It's not motivated out of hate. It's not motivated out of anger. It's not motivated out of, you know, just raw disappointment. Now, I believe God in His love does get disappointed with us. God in His love gets downright angry with us. And I can say that because, because He's put it in my heart to see whenever my sons are unjust towards one another, that I don't just sit back and passively look and gleefully smile and go, oh, look at them. They're just being silly little boys. I, what are you doing? Why would you do that to your brother? Now, he does feel these things. But the chief thing that he feels, the chief emotion that, he, that, he, that, 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 that abides in him is love. God is what? God is what? Oof, can we accept that? Receive that today by His grace, motivated by His love. He has rescued us. He has broken the chains. He has freed us. He has made us right. He has given us a place where you and I do not deserve a place in the very holy of holies. In the direct presence of Yahweh, the great I am. Bow with me as we worship God, celebrate Him. God, you are good. We thank you. We thank you that by your love, you have rescued us, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, today I pray and I ask that you would help us. Help us, Lord, to really, 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 really let your love, this, this, this unending, uh, uh, reckless, as it's been called, uh, prodigious love towards us, Lord, let it settle into us. Uh, may we be shaped and formed by, by you and by your love towards us. Uh, God, I pray and I, I just honor you. And as we are here, Lord, we pray that you would uh, minister to us, that you'd be present with us, that you would speak to us, that you would equip us, Lord. Uh, we are a, a, a church at a moment in a time where we are, we are trying to uh, uh, you know, confidently, confidently live in who we are and our identity in you. And your son, Jesus, filled with your spirit. I pray that you would help us as we, as we con- continue to consider the opportunities that we have. That we want to seize upon so that we can, so that we can be good disciples. So that we can make disciples. So that we can worship together. We can fellowship together. We can serve together, Lord. Lord, I pray and I ask that you would lead us today. I pray these things in the mighty, resurrected name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.
Turn with me in Ephesians chapter number 4 this morning. That will be our text. But, um, of course, if you uh, have uh, been paying attention the last few weeks, you know that we are in this season where we have identified that, you know, over the past few years, we are just uh, kind of a different body of believers than we were a few years ago. And, and, um, and, and, and when we look at it, we can look at a line of demarcation. The line of demarcation was March 2020. Uh, something significant happened in March of 2020 uh, that uh, kind of shook up our world. Now, at that time, we did not go, the sky is falling and start running out into the streets. And, you know, and we didn't, you know, uh, rent our clothes and uh, put sackcloth on and pour ashes on our head. We said, hey, this is a disorienting time. And we will uh, arrive at a new orientation through this time. And, uh, and, and so uh, we've gone through all the waves of COVID, you know, everybody experienced that thing where people are like, okay, well, we're going to open up a little bit. And then, and then, and then people put, put their foot out their door, you know, and they're like, okay. And then, and, and then we, we, we saw people come and, and, and become fully um, participants uh, back into life. We've seen people who've been slowly uh, easing their way back through it. We've seen those moments where uh, everybody thought, okay, it's been a couple weeks. We're good. We're going to get back to normal. And then guess what? Another wave hit. And we were like, it was like a tidal wave like hitting you and you weren't able to get out to sea, if you will. And so so we've, we've been on this kind of wave since then. And, 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 and pastorally, what I've kind of uh, walked through o- over like the last few months is 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 considering, you know, um, uh, where do we need need to go? And and throughout all this time, you know, I I can tell you, I have people here and there, they go, well, are we going to start doing this again? Are we going to do that again? When are we going to do this again? And and, and it kind of came to my heart and my mind to say, hey, listen, let's not, let's not just say, hey, let's go back and, and start piecing everything together. Let's find out who we are right now. Because we have gone through disorientation. And we were at a new orientation. And we can talk about it practically uh, this way. There are people who are here today that were not here before March of 2020. There are people who are not here today who were here before March of 2020. And then all of us have gone through different life changes. Seasons have changed in our lives. Some of us were very healthy in March of 2020 and before then, and we were like, oh, you're vibrant, and, and, and you, were, you were just, you were feeling good, and, and some of y'all, y'all have gone through some health crisis over the last few years. Uh, some of you have gone through some, th- some things like where your family has grown, you know, I talked about, you know, I mentioned Josh and Shayla last week, I thought, I was at, uh, Cooper, uh, Cooper Gardner's um, birthday party yesterday afternoon. Uh, the, uh, the Gardner family, Kyle and Reagan, uh, they have four children, and three of them are under the age of four. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's, that's, uh, that's major, you know. Um, th- think about this. And Kyle, he's off every other weekend. The weekends that he's not... He, not not working as a sheriff with Brazoria County Sheriff's Department, as a uh, sergeant in this sheriff's department. Uh, That mom who has to get up every day and get those kids ready early in the morning is now tasked with a Sunday morning without her husband and four kids 
How many of y'all are tired thinking about it? How many of you are going, yeah, I don't know that I could do that, right? We have some practical realities that have changed us, reshaped who we are. And so what we want to do as a ministry is identify that. And here's kind of where my heart comes from is we live in a culture where you have churches abounding and we have some great churches in our city and and we see them we 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 see them uh, doing you know really cool things and sometimes what can happen in churches just like in businesses especially in a consumer driven society is we can begin to compare ourselves amongst ourselves we can begin to think that we are in competition with one another I can, I've confessed this to y'all, I will, I'm not ashamed to admit it, I have long preached against comparing ourselves against one another as ministries, uh, competing against one another, but something crept into my heart. Something crept into my heart, I began to experience some discouragement, um, and, and, and I begin to walk with the Lord and begin to identify. And the Lord said, hey, a lot of this is coming directly from you comparing yourselves, you and your ministry and y'all's church against other churches. A lot of it is there's this nature in your heart that feels like you're losing that's competitive language. And so I thank the Lord that he is good to reveal these things to us. So that we can go, whoa, okay. Let's repent. Let's get back onto the right path. And where the Lord has led me is to say, hey, who are y'all? Who are we? Let's, let's note that uh, last week we talked about this word capacity. Right? What, what do y'all have the capacity to do as a ministry? And then here's the third thing. Let's be confident in that. Let's be confident that, that, that just as there are other churches in this city and surrounding communities providing unique, uh, unique ministry opportunities, uh, a, a unique uh, dynamic of a personality of a ministry, uh, we, too, will do that here. So that's the season that we've been in. Uh, last week, we talked about capacity. This week, we're going to do something and, and kind of go through and, and identify, uh, uh, help us identify our capacity. But before we do, let's do this. Let's look in Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number four is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's one of the passages of Scripture that I feel like... That churches, it, it, it helps kind of gives us some shape and definition. If you look throughout uh, scripture, uh, there's some interesting things. If you want to go rebuild the temple that was in Jerusalem or the tabernacle even before that, you could go and you could decipher throughout the book of Exodus the blueprints, the plans, and you could recreate a model or like, like, like a small model, I've seen small models of this. I've also seen people recreate whole models of this, like, like, like lived in 
temples or tabernacles that people can walk around. Do y'all know the Noah's Ark experience? The Noah's Ark experience. They recreated Noah's Ark. Uh, I, I think it's in, it might be in Kentucky. Yeah, thank you. Um, they could do that because there's some, there's some plans. There's some uh, architectural uh, 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 instructions in the book of Genesis. And they've been able to read it, decipher it, and recreate it, uh, which we would all agree is probably a pretty accurate uh, recreation of what is provided in the text. When you get to the New Testament, you don't get blueprints, plans, designs. You don't have something laid out in 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 a document that says, here is how the church should be ordered. Step one, lesson one. What we have is we have the lived history of the church. And what we've done and what people have done throughout, the, through, 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 throughout Christian history is they've read that and they've interpreted that. They've also looked at, at like the historical record or the oral tradition that was passed on and, and, and how, did, how did people shape their, their congregations and their bodies and, 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 and what did that look like? And, and sometimes like we here in the West, we think, man, this is what the church looked like back in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem looks at us and they probably go, well, what are, what, this is weird. <laughs> this is a little bit different than what we, what, 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 we, we, what we did. And so what we find, we don't find any real straightforward design shape structure not only of a building but of the like how this is supposed to work out uh, there's people who will argue that will say hey you 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 have to have a pastor led church and there's people that will say no 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 you have to have an elder led church and they're both reading the same text and they're interpreting it so why I like Ephesians chapter number four is Ephesians chapter number four, uh, in Ephesians in general, I think, but Ephesians chapter number four, it, it gives us something that we can kind of grab onto to help us shape how we're going to actually serve and minister. And it goes along the lines of some of the things that Paul addresses in First Corinthians chapter number 12 and in Romans chapter number 12. But let's begin and we'll just read this passage Paul says, I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. So he's talking to a group of people, uh, just a quick context here, talking to a group of people who have all uh, claimed faith in Jesus. They have all committed themselves to following Jesus, his way, to be living by his spirit. Uh, This group of people is made up of people who come from... uh, uh, you know, old stock Jews, if you will, um, people who followed uh, the Torah and they uh, came to understand that Jesus is Messiah and they've trusted in him. And then there are these people who were former pagans and they were they were worshiping whatever, you know, the pantheon of gods that, that Rome had and, and, and whatever other deities they might have had, local deities there. They probably looked to Caesar as as as, as uh, a demigod some, somewhere who's 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 on you know on level he's he's you know god's representative 
on earth, if you will. And, and, and now they have come to see that Caesar isn't Lord, but Jesus is Lord. And, and they've committed to following him. And, and there's been some confusion about what this might look like. And, and so Paul's trying to address some of these things. And, and Paul's telling these two people who come from dynamically different backgrounds to come together, to worship together, to serve together, to grow together, to, to be in discipleship together. And so he says, listen, I'm asking that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, verse number two, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, that you would forbear one another in love, and you would always endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. So this two dynamically opposed people before who God is making one person, one body, one entity, one church, right? And he says, I want y'all to really fight hard to be striving together in unity. And so he says, there is one body, there is one spirit, even as you are called in the hope of your calling. There is one Lord, there is one faith, there is one baptism, there is one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. There's one, you are one body, you are not multiple bodies. We could look at it like this, Cross Friendswood, here's how we should understand it. There is one church in Friendswood, in a sense. And there's part of that church meets over at the 528 campus of Clear Creek Community Church. And part of that church meets over at Calvary Chapel. And part of it meets over here. And so like if I imagine Paul was going to write to Friendswood, to the church at Friendswood, there would be, hey, hey, come here, come here. Let's all gather together. And y'all meet over here and y'all meet over here and y'all meet over here and y'all meet over here. But guess what? Guess what? Ultimately, you're all striving for the same purposes. And so we see this in our, in our local co- context, but we should see it in a little bit broader context as well. But, verse number seven, unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. But all of us are a little bit unique, aren't we? Not only in this body, But across the city, all these churches are a little bit unique. Uh, One thing that I really will contest, I think, has happened with denominationalism. And I'm not talking about as an independent Baptist, and we're not denominationalists. I'm talking about anybody who follows a certain tradition. Independent Baptist, Southern Baptist, uh, you know, uh, evangelical free, uh, even the non-denominational movement. Right? Presbyterian, uh, Episcopalian. What I see broadly across is that birds of a feather tend to flock together. And so where, where Paul says, hey, the church has this dynamism. We're all one. We're all united. But we have these dynamic gifts. We have this dynamic ability. What we have done is everybody who looks alike, acts alike, thinks alike has grouped up and said, we're going to be church together. And so, let's say this, the tradition we grew up in, it was doctrine, 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 right belief, right practice. Everybody who thinks that doctrine, doctrine, doctrine rules over everything, they get together and they worship and they teach doctrine and they, and, and they, they live according to that doctrine. But then there's people that were like, no, 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 it's love and it's mercy, and, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's serving the, the needs of the community and the poor. Guess what? They all got together. And they said, we're all going to worship together. And what I, I think is 
you know, Jesus wants us all to be one, but that's one of the sad things that I see ha that has happened in the churches. Instead of us having a real dynamism, even in our local bodies, what we've all done is we've started fighting. Well, is it doctrine or is it love? And if it's doctrine, well, which doctrines are the most important? Is it Calvinism or is it Arminianism or is it somewhere else on the spectrum? Because if you believe that, we can't, we can't walk together. We can't fellowship together. We can't serve together. We can't be in discipleship together. So, Paul says, we've all been dif given different uh, gifts Grace, charis, according to the measure of the grace, the gift of Christ. This is why scripture says, Paul says in verse number eight, in Psalm 68, it says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. And then Paul goes on to explain, listen, the one that he's talking about ascended, um, he, that, had, that person had to descend first and that could only be speaking of Jesus Christ who was made in flesh in the womb of Mary. He grew up, became a, a full, living, breathing man and followed by uh, following God, filled with his spirit and he, and he went to the cross and he was condemned and he was crucified and on the third day he rose and then 40 days later he ascended to the right hand of the father this could be talking about nobody else because he's the only one that we know who has ascended to the most holy place to the throne that he um, so rightly deserves so paul gives that little uh, bit of understanding and then paul goes on in verse number 11 he says he gave some apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. He gave some people these different gifts, these different offices, positions, people will call them. He gave some people different capacity. But what's the purpose? For the perfecting of the saints, to build up, to complete, to help mature one another, for the work of the ministry, there's some way that you can read this. Some people say, oh, the pastors, apostles, the, the apes, the apostles, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, those are the ones who are to be doing the work of the ministry. I don't follow along that line of interpretation. I believe it should be that the apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers help build up, we mutually build up one another so that we can all do the work of the ministry. And then he says, for the edifying of the body of the Christ, for the building up of the body of Christ. Now, again, for the building up of the body of Christ, not the building up of Friendswood Baptist Church at 315 West Bend. The building up of the whole body of Christ, of which we are part. We are part. Till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, until we are built up into a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Till we are all, till we are built up, have we arrived, church? Church local, church at large, have we arrived? Uh, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is the vision that we are growing up into. 
Not growing up to look like Sagemont with 20,000 people. Growing up to look like Jesus Christ. That our character is shaped and formed like Jesus Christ. And if that means 20,000 people, so be it. But that's not the, the metric is not some number. That's all relative. Our character is to be shaped and formed into the fullness of Christ. That's what we are growing up to. Hmm. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, every teaching, every slide of man, every cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to, to deceive. We grow up not only in the character of Christ, but in the knowledge and in the wisdom of Christ. Jesus knew when people were coming to attack him, didn't he? He could see through their schemes. I don't think we've been so bright as a church. I think we've been kind of dullards from time to time. We have, uh, we have some real swift hucksters who have come and they, they've promoted things and they get, they get lapped up widely by the church. This is what we got to be doing. What have we been deceived about? Something for us to consider. But speaking the truth in love, you may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. This isn't the first time that he's called Christ the head of the church in this text. He says, from whom, from Christ, the whole body gets fitly joined together. It gets compacted by which every joint supplieth, and, it, and it's according to the effectual working and the measure of every part It makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So we build up into this measure, the stature of Christ. And from Christ, we are fitly compacted. He's talking about a building like two pieces of wood being locked together. And he's talking about two groups of people who are diametrically, uh, who were once diametrically opposed, dynamically uh, uh, opposed with one another. And and now he's saying, you have to come together. You have to be one and, and, and understand in your oneness. That you're growing up to look like Christ and in your oneness, all of y'all plays a different role. And we can see that as our body here in Friendswood, but we also have to see that as us individuals. So, I thought, where are we at right now? And last week we talked about us having capacity. This week I would say, each of us has been given Various capacity. I encourage y'all to consider that. But then I thought, you know what? Maybe you can go, the sky's the limit. What can I do? But what if we just went through the things that we already are doing right now as a ministry? And you said, I have or I do not have the capacity to attend a Sunday morning service. Do I have the capacity to do that? I have uh, or do not have the capacity to greet those who attend Sunday morning services. Now, here's the thing, and this is the big, big point. This is not a guilt survey. If you do not, this is an honest assessment. Do I have the capacity to do this? Has God given me the capacity? Do, do I have the health 
So let's consider some of these. Do I have the health to do this? Do I have the time to do this? Do I have the resources to do this? Here's what I want to encourage you all with. Everything that we do as a church is only to shape and form you so that you are doing it in your daily life. We are not doing things to take away from you making disciples in your home. We're trying to build you and equip you to be disciples who make disciples in your home, in your everyday life. Do I have the capacity to attend a small group Bible study? What if you're already attending a small group Bible study? Does it have to be sanctioned by Friendswood Baptist Church? You know, one of the coolest things that I see in this community are there these Bible studies that come together all over the place that are led by individuals who call their friends together and say, let's study the Bible. Uh, Y'all might not know this, Miss Terry Norris led a Bible study this last year and she walked with a group of ladies and they met every Monday night and she went through the book of Revelation with them and it was weighty and heavy and something that I, I won't dare to do, but uh, she dared to do it. I don't know that any of y'all in here were part of that Bible study, but that's the type of thing that I think is beautiful. Amen. And that's where we should go, hey, like maybe we need to have some small group Bible study organization here that we can facilitate and, and, and help grow and, and teach people to lead. But, but ultimately, like if somebody is getting fed and they're part of a Bible study that has... You have people from different churches and different backgrounds together. What would we do? It would be wrong for me as a pastor to be like, well, I think you're committing church adultery. We should celebrate that. It should be a, a glory to us as a ministry. So when we ask the question about capacity... It's not a condemning question. It's an honest assessment that we're trying to make. What you're going to see here is is there's a a big list and there's a lot of different opportunities. There's a lot of different things that that you might not have ever even thought about. There's some big things. There's some small things. We went through family promise. Let's think about family promise for a second. I do or I do not have the capacity to serve family promise by helping coordinate our host week. Do you have the capacity to help recruit volunteers, to help make sure that everybody, uh, that, that, that we have all the spots filled and make sure that we have it all, uh, you know, that everybody knows what they're doing? I do or I do not have the capacity to serve as a family promise host. I do or I do not have the capacity to serve family promise by providing a meal. Now we're going to talk about, you don't even have to provide the meal. You might just donate money. You might team up with somebody. I think that's a really cool thing that Byron does. Hey, can I tell you all something else that's cool about Byron? And Byron, I love him with my whole heart. And if you, you know, Byron, he, uh, 
he's very particular about things. And so sometimes he can get, he can get a hurt and we, we have these conversations and we have to work through some things, but there's some beautiful things about Byron. And one of them was like a few weeks ago, Byron wanted to have a, a Sunday lunch with some people. And instead of sitting around and waiting for him to be, himself to be invited by somebody else, he went around to some folks and said, hey, next Sunday, could we go to Rancho's? Would y'all plan to go to Rancho's? Now, we thought that he was going to pay the bill. He didn't. But uh, no, I'm just joking. Um, but I, I love that he took that initiative. And I can tell you, I think it's a, a matter of growth that he took that initiative. I celebrate it. But him and Miss Faith coming together and him saying, I can't make a meal. Oh, no, 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 no. But I can give you some money and... You're a good southern cook, so you can do it. I can set up rooms for our guests. I have the capacity to, to tear down the beds and to clean the rooms and to prepare our building for Sunday morning worship. Well, what does that involve, Macaulay? Well, if you're going to set up the beds, guess what? After our Sunday morning worship services, we have another ministry that comes in here, Vita Zoe. Vita Zoe comes in, and they worship uh, from about 1 to 3, and then they, they take off. And so what we have been doing for Family Promise is gathering everybody up here about 4.30 uh, because our families start coming in about 5.30, and we take you know 45 minutes, and we set up the rooms. That's what it involves in setting up. What's involved in tearing down? Well, that means that like at 7, a.m. on a Sunday morning after our host week, we need a, a group of people here who will go in and they will ha- help uh, tear down the beds, take all the, the, the linens off, uh, take the mattresses off, break down the cots, um, set them up, and then vacuum the rooms and clean the rooms and get the classes set back up for Sunday morning, especially like our children's church area. And, uh, and, and usually if there's some people who come and help me do that, I, I bring some kolaches. And so maybe you, you would be the person who would also bring the kolaches, but, but, but I have the capacity to do this. So this is, I'm going to give you all this. We were going to walk through it today, but it's already too late. So um, I'm going to give you this. What I want you to do is I want you to take some time and I want you to walk through it. I encourage you to do that. And this isn't to turn back into me. This is for you to be able to begin to assess some things, be able to consider and here's what I want to do. If our identity as Friendswood Baptist Church is us showing up on Sunday morning and worshiping together, and we plan some events like trunk or treats, and we do some things like that, we have a really rocking children's church. Like, I want us to develop some of the things that we have. Like, I want our children's church not just to be something that, you know, you know we have some dedicated people who facilitate it, but I want that to be like a, an actual, like, I think there's some opportunity there where like our teachers can, can, can interact with the parents and where we, can, where we can build some connection and where it doesn't stop on Sunday morning. There's some opportunity there. This is not to be turned back into me. You don't put your name on it. You say, here, Macaulay, here's, here's my capacity. You know, and, and uh, no, this is for you to assess and to say that. But here's what we want to do is, as a ministry, we're trying to figure out, hey, what? What do we want to be about? And then we just want to walk confidently in that. I told y'all in January of 2020, and y'all don't remember this. I remember this. I looked at our calendar ahead, and for the next month, between my personal life and my private life, it was, I was overwhelmed. And I said as much from the pulpit. 
And I said, but you know what the Lord told me? He said, listen, all the things that you're doing are fine. He said, but if all y'all were doing was gathering for worship and being intent about discipleship, you'd be doing enough. And lo and behold, March of 2020, all we could do was gather, and for a while we could only gather via live stream. And so I want y'all to know, if our church says, hey, listen, what we're doing right now is what we have the capacity to do, and we're going to maximize and develop our capacity within our capacity, we'll do that. We're going to do that, and we're going to be confident about that. And just as I said last week, if the Lord leads us and, 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 and we develop this, maximize our capacity here, and that leads us to new endeavors down the road, we're open to that. But this is just a good way, I thought, instead of y'all saying, the sky's the limit, what can I do? But to say, hey, very practically, here's some things that we do as a church. So I'm going to hand these out to y'all, and then um, I'm going to pray over us, and then we're going to go about our merry way after we are dismissed in a song. Does that sound right and well to everybody? Oh, listen, look here. All right, thank you so much. All right, look at y'all. Y'all have the capacity to pass out papers. Y'all are amazing. Y'all need to know about these pins while they're passing these out. These pins sit, and once they sit for a while, the ink dries up off the tip. And so you have to do a bunch of circles and stuff like that. So three minutes before service, I was back there, and I have a bunch of envelopes on my desk that now have all these swirly marks because I was like, we're going to use these pins today. We didn't even use the pins. That was all for nothing. Um, but uh, <laughs> those pins are ready to go now uh, <laughs> um, because I was frantically doing that. Thank you. What do we say to these wonderful ladies who had the capacity to help pass out papers this morning? Thank you. Yeah. Before we bow in prayer, I do want to say this. I love Friendswood Baptist Church. And whenever I love Friendswood Baptist Church, I'm not thinking about just this building. I do love this building. I have a lot of great history here. Uh, when I talk about Friendswood Baptist Church, I'm not even talking about the history of Friendswood Baptist Church, though I do have some, like, do love the memories, the history that I have here. And I think about Friendswood Baptist Church, I think about you all. So many people ask me how difficult it might be to pastor and how much pressure and things of that nature there are. And I always tell them, there are pastors that I hear have some horrible, horrible experiences pastoring their churches. And I've been blessed beyond measure to pastor people who genuinely love each other, 
genuinely love me, have extended me grace, have helped walk with me to hold me accountable, uh, to lead me into uh, 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 greater service. And so I would just be remiss. And I've thought about this over the last few weeks. Where I talked about being discouraged, I hope you all know, it has nothing to do with you all. We are as a body. Nothing to do with that. Like I said, I cut off the mark. I love you. And I'm so thankful for you. And I praise God. Like Paul says to the Thessalonians, you are my crown and you are my joy. Will you all join me in prayer? that you would bind the enemy. The enemy wants to sit there and accuse us. The enemy wants to leave us in condemnation and shame. Lord, Lord might, we, might we withstand the enemy and remember that your son Jesus didn't come to condemn but came to rescue us. And so, Lord, I pray that as we, as we you know, seek to know what our capacity is, that, that what we could do is we could hear your spirit's voice, that you would bind the enemy and his accusations, that nothing would be done out of out of anxiety or guilt or shame but lord we could just make honest assessments yeah that's something i can do or that's something i could do before but i can't do now lord uh god i pray and i ask that you would just please walk with us lord i pray and i just um i i pray that you would just further uh undergird us lord give us the confidence that we need that we are that we give us the confidence that we need that we are walking within the gifts that you've given us the capacity in which you've, you've, you've endowed us with, Lord. And Lord, um, here's what I know is what we might even look at and, and, and Lord, what we might look at externally or comparably or relatively uh, see as a little, a meager amount. Lord, we know that you can do great things through. So help us to uh, walk confidently in who we are in your son, Christ Jesus. I pray these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. Amen. Amen. Brother Mitch, will you lead us out this morning? Well, let's stand together, if you will. We're just going to sing the chorus to this. And then we'll be dismissed, all right? Let's sing together.